Hey, what's up? Welcome to All The Things Podcast with Shanna Saint. We're going to be having a discussion today about being women who do all of the things <laughs> that we do. And um, I have a couple of, of questions going into this, right? Um, how do we do all the things? How as women are we going to accomplish all the things that we have ahead of us that, that we feel like we have? Okay, so I've, I made a list of some things that I do, right? Okay, so let me see if I can just remember off the top of my head who I am and what I do. Okay, my name is Shanna, right? I am a daughter. I'm a wife. I'm a mom, not just any kind of mom. I'm a homeschool mom. I'm a mom who does ministry. Um, That makes me a marriage counselor. I'm also sometimes a youth pastor, which makes me a second mom to some of the girls in our youth group. I'm the worship leader. I'm also a recording artist. Uh, I have a a list. Oh my gosh, I'm a blogger. I also have a podcast. It happens to be called All the Things with Shanna Saint that you can find on iTunes. Um, I'm a pastor's wife. My husband is now a pastor. So that makes me kind of a pastor, right? By like way of marriage. Um, I wrote on here, cool. I don't think I meant that I'm cool. I think I meant that I cook. I think that autocorrect, uh, kind of, thank you autocorrect for this one time. You actually, you actually complimented me and I appreciate that. Uh, but I cook, I like to think that I'm cool, but, um, man, I'm also a therapist sometimes, right? Because people come with issues and you try to talk them through it. I'm a marriage counselor. Uh, I mean, I already said that I'm a youth pastor. Gosh, what, what don't I do? Sometimes I'm a nurse when my kids are sick or I'm the doctor or, you know, I'm a, apparently, uh, I run my own website. Oh my gosh, I'm a photographer. I also do video and I do video editing. And so I'm naming all of these things. And if you feel anxiety right now, rest assured, so do I. <laughs> like, that's a lot of stuff. Those are a lot of things to do and to juggle. And in the midst of all of these things that I'm doing, I felt like God was asking me to do something more. I felt like he was telling me, Shanna, get ready to speak. Shanna, get ready to begin to share the word, which is something I've never felt qualified to do because I know scripture, but I don't, I know how to get there, but I don't know the address. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I can tell you a scripture, but I'm, my husband will say, well, where is that in the Bible? And I'm like, you know, I, so what happened was, (laughs) so I felt like, you know what? I'm not quite qualified. Like I'm not a Bible scholar. I started Bible school, but I dropped out. So I disqualified myself from ever really being able to speak. And I felt like God was putting it on my heart, like get ready. And so I've had some opportunities to speak in this room um, on a Sunday morning, on a Wednesday night at a conference. And, uh, and it was just one more thing that I was adding to the list of who I am and, and what I do. And I wanted to tell you that I believe God is asking you to do something more. And that might give you an anxiety because you, if you looked at the list of who you are and what you do, you think, well, I can't do anything else. But I have a question. Not just how do we do all the things, but are we doing the right things? We're juggling a lot of balls over here and you know we've got the plate spinning on the pencil on our head and then our foot is holding something up over here. Are all of these things necessary? Are all of these things right? There's a lot of good things that we do. Are they God things? And so I want us to take a moment during this session to step back and to look at all the things and say, is this why I was put here on earth? Am I taking up a lot of time and energy and effort doing things that might be fun or might, you know, get get me farther in this 
physical, natural experience, or am I doing something that is going to last for eternity? And um, part of what man, we learned at this conference that, that spoke to my heart is, I don't know if you'll have time in your life to do all the things that you want to do. I don't know. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know if you're going to live long enough to complete all the goals, hashtag goals that you have written out for yourself. But I do know that you have enough time in your life to do everything that God created you for. And you have access to all the strength that you need to do everything God created you for because he is the one who is, is watching over your life and he gave you this gift and this burden and this thing to accomplish and he's given you the time and the energy to do it. So why then do we so often spend all of our time doing other things and missing the main thing? So I just want to start with my notes. My notes are a little bit of everywhere. I've got some scripture here. I've got some handwritten notes here that I started like, you know, a couple weeks ago. Then I've got like some notes over here that I did in the car. I just like, I like, this is a representation, I think, of maybe my brain. So if you'll just bear with me, we're going to walk through this and um, we're just going to talk about all the things. So I wrote down, we generally look at our doings from a physical standpoint, right? Um, we can feel overwhelmed because we can't possibly do more. But I feel like if we're looking at things from a physical standpoint and from the natural realm, we're looking at natural things. We're looking at human doings, you know? But we're not human doings. We are human beings. And so we've got to be able to find the balance and find that there is a way to do the things that we love to do. But really, we need to be who God has called us to be. And if we are being the thing that we were designed to be, we'll be able to do the things that we were supposed to do. And we'll do all yeah. the other things that we want to do along the way because that's just the God that we see. <laughs> and say, well, you could do a little bit, but not a whole lot. He has a specific plan and purpose for you. And so here's the thing, on our own, in my own strength, I couldn't do a single thing. I, I wouldn't be a good daughter. I wouldn't be a, a good enough wife or a good enough mom. Definitely in my own strength, I wouldn't be able to do all the things that God has entrusted me with. I wouldn't be able to handle and hold all the people that he has drawn to me. My kiddos, I have three kids. I have a husband. We have a big family. I wouldn't be able to be to them who I need to be if it was all in my own strength. I would be burnt out. I would not be sitting up straight, sipping on coffee that I actually don't even need because I have plenty of energy. I just want it because it's warm and it makes me feel good. Um, I wouldn't be, my hair wouldn't be curled. I would be a frazzled mess. Some of us feel like a frazzled mess. Some of us on the inside feel like a frazzled mess. Like we got it together on the outside, but on the inside, we are depressed. On the inside, we are stressed because we're trying to do all the things God created us for but we're trying to handle them without the one who created us. And that is, is something that we must stop doing. We got to stop trying to do it all in our own strength because what if God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, what if he's asking you to do more? What if he's asking you to do something different? Are you able, are you even in the brain space to trust him? Are you even in a place where you can say, okay, God, because you've called me to do it, I can do it. Or are you in the place where you're like, well, that can't be the Lord because, because I'm too busy. Well, that can't be the Lord because I can't possibly fit another thing on my schedule. That can't be God because are we just in the process and in the habit of saying, oh, that's not the Lord. And that thing that keeps popping up, the, the, um, the conversations that we could be having, 
the, the, the moments that we're offered an opportunity to speak or an opportunity to minister or an opportunity to do something. And we just go, you know, I can't do that. I'm just too busy. I've got too much going on. Are we continually saying no to the creator of heavens and earth? And if we are, is that what we want to be doing? Because that's not what I want to be doing. That's not what I want to be known for. I want to be known in heaven as, oh, that's that girl that says yes. And she just trusts God. So I want to tell you that you can trust him, that if he's calling you to do something, it's because he has all the grace that you need to do it. You know, we pray, give us this day, our daily bread. That means there is a daily supply that you have to have that you don't even know that you're not tapping into because you're not doing the thing that he gave you that supply for. There's a daily bread for you just to make it through this day because he knows everything that you're going to face. He knows every emotion that's going to rise up. He knows everything that's going to happen. And he's given you a supply, but we don't even tap into the supply because we don't even know that we need it. We don't even know that it's available. And here God has this beautiful plan for us and a beautiful supply. And we walk by juggling all these other things that we have chosen to do because we tend to live from the outside in. We'll get to that in a second. But um, Philippians 1.6 is kind of my baseline text, and I'm going to read it. I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now, when I read this, I think my first thought is like, God began a good work, salvation salvation. And I heard something that was so amazing. Uh, um, a lot of us, a lot of people in church, they, they, uh, get in, get in on the finish on the, on the start line. They start, they take off, they get saved. They're a Christian, but they don't get to the finish line, which is to be a disciple, which is to be a follower, which is to be led by Christ. So I feel like we jump in with this, God began a good work. And then that's where we pause. That's where we stop. Because this scripture tells me that it's a good work. It's within me. And it's God's continuing it until Jesus returns. And so, so often we, um, we start, right? And I feel like I do that with a lot of projects. I might start a project, but I, I don't always get to the finish line of it. And I think that because of that, I, I discount myself and I go, well, I might could start something, but I would never finish it, right? But here I'm, I'm being encouraged that it's not on me to start it or to end it, that Jesus, that God himself is doing the work and that he's taking me from the beginning to the end, but it has to begin. And God is asking you, can I do something? Can I do more with you? Can I do something that you don't feel like you can accomplish on your own? Do you trust me to take you from the beginning, from this salvation to the work, the, the daily that he is working out our salvation. That this is not just a one time I received Christ, now I'm good to go, peace out. I'm gonna go run all the errands that I could run and do all the things in my life that I ever wanted to do. But that there is a work that is daily, that he sustains us to do. It is the work that we were created for. So I wanted to point out, out of the scripture, number one, God begins it. He began the good work. He's the author. It is his idea. So that keeps us from doing a few things. It keeps us from taking uh, credit. I'm such a great this. I do this and I do this and I do this. Like I can name all of these things. I can't do not one of them without the help and the call and the anointing 
that my God supplies for me. It is, it is without him, I wouldn't even attempt to do it. I wouldn't even try. I don't even want to know what that might be like because I'm sure it's miserable. God began this good work and it, he's the author. He's the one who's writing this story. Hold on, I wrote a note over here. Oh, uh, it made me think of the scripture that, that God gives us the desires of our heart, right? Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. But so often, like when I was younger, I thought, you know, if I delight myself in the Lord, whatever I want, he's just going to give it to me. But I don't believe that that's what God is trying to say. God's trying to say, if you hang out with me, if you love being around me, the desires in your heart are going to change. And I'm going to begin to give you desires that are like uh, breadcrumbs that lead you to a certain place. And for me, it's like Mexican wedding cookie crumbs because those are my favorite. And so he drops these desires in my heart where out of nowhere it was like, man, I have a desire to speak. I have a desire to share the word. I don't feel equipped. I don't feel like I can do it. I don't feel like I'm good enough, but I have this desire. And I believe that it was because I was delighting myself in his presence and who he was and who he is. And he began to change my desires so that I started to turn and I started to want to walk toward this new thing that he was asking me to do. And he's not asking for my strength. He's not asking for my ability. He's not asking for my eloquent speaking skills that I don't have. He's just asking for my vessel. He's just saying, hey, can I use this? Can I have this? Because if you'll just give it to me, I'm going to begin a good work. I'm going to be faithful to continue and to complete it. And it's going to be an ongoing thing until Jesus returns. So don't stress out. It's a good work. This is the second thing that we can see from the scripture, that he's working out our salvation. Here's a crazy thought. Your salvation's not just for you. Take a second to process that. Your salvation is not only for you. The salvation is the yes. The salvation is the miraculous work that, that Jesus paid on the cross for. It's what was done. It was finished. That work was complete. But there's a process that God is now taking us through because there's a finish line of discipleship, of living a life fully surrendered to Christ that he's trying to get us to, which means that your salvation is a miracle and it's important and it's phenomenal, but you're not saved just so that you're saved. Like he'll leave the 99 and go after the one because the one is important, but that one is not just for the one. He has people in your life that you can influence, that you can love, that you can impact because your salvation is not just for you. So often, and we call it putting a light, you know, shine a light under a bushel. I'm still shining. I'm saved, but I'm hiding because I'm not good enough. I can't do it. I can't take on more things. And God is trying to say, hey, girl, take that lid off. Take that cover and let me shine through you because this light, you didn't produce it. This light that's happening at the top of this little stick that you're holding, you didn't make that happen. It was God who began a good work. And he wants to show it off. He wants to show his goodness and his mercy and his grace and his greatness through you. Your salvation isn't just for you. Yes, I'm saved. I made it to heaven. Awesome. Okay, and now what? Do I just spend the rest of my life wandering in the wilderness? Or am I trying to get to an expected end? And it's a process that he's taking you through. So don't worry about saying yes to what God wants to do in your life. It is his work. That's the third thing. So if I could do it, I could be like, I built, I did that. 
I built this whole building with my bare hands. Ah, me. I get the glory. I get, I get all the praise. Clap for me because I did this thing. There are things that I can do. Um, they're small. I can make chicken enchiladas. And when I make them, they're dope. And I want people to be like, oh my God, these are the best enchiladas. Shanna, uh, your rice, your beans, it's amazing. Okay, like I, I did that, okay? I did that in my own strength, right? Of course, I know that in reality, I wouldn't be able to comprehend or understand. I wouldn't even have the use of my limbs were it not for the goodness and the grace of God. But this is a work that God is the author of, that he began. It was his idea in the first place. And at the end of the day, he's the only one who's going to get the glory. It can't be done in your strength. It can't. It won't. It was never meant to be done in your strength. Shanna, I know, you know, I know that God has something for me, but I'm just too tired. Okay, he's not. Shanna, I'm just not smart enough. Okay, he is. Everything that you need for life and godliness, it can be found in the Holy Spirit, in your creator, in God. And it's in you because he resides in you. Listen. This will require faith because you're listening right now and you're thinking, you know, cool, but it's going to require faith. That is the skin in the game that you're going to have to be able to jump and say, I don't know how, but I know you said that you will. Elevation has a song right now that just came out and it says, I know breakthrough is coming by faith. I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and he won't stop now. And that's the kind of faith that you have to have. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm, gonna, I'm going to believe that it's going to happen. And this is a work that's not complete until Jesus comes back. So I have projects that I've begun in my house. And when I walk by them and they're not done, do you know what I tell myself? And let's just be honest, that I failed. I look at things, oh, that was a great idea. You know, I started painting that wall. I have, I have like this much of a wall painted in the bathroom. Really, I was just trying to see if this was the right color paint. Like, would this paint work? Um, but I just, then I was like, nah, no, it doesn't. It's like way too teal. It's like the color of this cup. Mm, hold on. Mm, that's good coffee. Folgers. So I start, and every time I see that beginning, that unfinished process. I look at it and I think I failed. Man, Shanna, you just can't seem to finish anything, can you? Man, Shanna, you sure start things, but you know, it's that daily grind that gets you down and you just don't complete anything. You don't finish. But this is crazy. God himself has begun a process and it's not going to be done until Jesus comes back. Is it possible that things that I view as failure aren't actually failures at all? Is it possible that it's just process and I'm looking at it through the wrong lens? We're about to get into this and I need you to buckle up and just go with me as we talk about this because I don't know about you, but the sheer thought of, Shanna, you failed, stirred something that made me sad on the inside. And I feel like maybe it did with you too, that you feel like, man, I'm failing as a mom. Man, I'm failing at this. Man, I just keep failing. And we just keep telling ourselves these lies. But this is a process that God has begun and he's not done with it until Jesus comes back. I'm sorry, but God's not up in heaven like, you know, man, I started it with her 
and just, it just, it hasn't finished yet. It hasn't, I mean, it's still in the same place that it was when I began the work. I guess I failed. That's not how God views you. God views you as a process that he began and he's not worried about you. He's worried about him and he can finish it. He's faithful. He knows that it will be complete because he's the one who began it. It's his idea. He's handling it. Can you just say that? He's handling it. God, you're handling this. You're funding this. You're financing this. You're making arrangements for all the things that you've asked for me to do. I feel like we don't take on a godly work because we fear failure. But we assume we have failed because we don't achieve our expectation. I expected that the paint would work, the bathroom would be painted, and it would look so cute. It one day will look really, really cute, right? But every time I walk in there, I failed. My, it doesn't meet my expectation. And we think that that is failure. Here's another very honest moment, okay? I am a worship leader. I'm also a recording artist. I've released two, three, two EPs, one in Portuguese, two in English, one in Portuguese. I've released a full-length album, and I'm working on another album. Wow, Shanna, you must have had great success with those albums to be cranking out more music, to be releasing another sound. You must have gotten just this affirmation and, and people must have really bought those albums and you probably made a ton of money and you probably got all that affirmation. You knew that you were on the right track. No, I didn't. I didn't. I don't know if any of those albums have over a thousand plays on Spotify or iTunes. I mean, I get like a chump change check which is kind of the norm from digital media outlets. They don't really, you don't make a lot of money unless you sell a ton. But listen, Boo Boo, I wasn't, I've never sold a ton. I've never had the affirmation of people who I maybe look at and go, oh, wow, Darlene Sheck. If you know me, you know that Darlene Sheck is like, she's like the bomb. I grew up on Hillsong. So like, that's like everything. I haven't had anyone of great influence just rave and rave and rave about music. Oh, I've never gone viral. My grandmother did, but that's another story, not for here or there. But I've never had that experience. I've been signed to a a record label and I I was on, oh, oh, a, a group I was in was at the top of the charts for like a week or a day. I don't remember what it was, but those were not the successes I had in mind. When you are an artist, you create something and you release it and you just sit back and you go, please, 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 please don't hate it. Please love it. Please people like it. I wanted so badly for um, people to listen to it, for it to maybe be played on the radio or, or for, for masses to hear it. I wanted so greatly for, for people to be singing the songs that I wrote as my worship songs, that that it would connect with them, that they would take those lyrics and those words, those melodies, and that it would be their prayer and their connection. I wanted that to happen. That to me would have been success. It didn't happen. Is that failure? I think for a while I thought so. And I was, why? Why even bother putting out new music if ain't nobody going to listen to it? Why even bother doing all this effort on the front end and releasing all this music if it, if it really doesn't even support our family? And you know what I realized? It's not a failure. It's not a failure. Do you know why? Because I said yes. And that's what God was after. God said, hey, Shanna, 
I got this music and it's going to happen in the earth one way or the other. I want to release it through you. And I don't know his full plan. I don't know the big picture. I don't really know what he's doing, what his plan is, but he gave me some songs. He gave me lyrics. He gave my husband music. He gave me melodies, came together and we released music. We were able to take that music to Brazil in Portuguese and minister to the people there. I mean, like, did my Instagram followers jump up into the hundreds of thousands? No. You know, has, has everything just changed? Are you, are you on tour? Is everything crazy? No. None of those expectations that I had as an artist have happened. But you know what did happen? I said, yes. God had a sound that he wanted to release through my husband and I. And I don't know what he's doing with it. But you know what? He's not on my timeline. God's not on your timeline. Just because you think it should have happened by now doesn't mean that that was ever God's plan. It doesn't mean that that was ever what God intended. I was in Dallas. I was at a really large church when we released a song that I felt like, man, this is, I heard great feedback from people who said, that's just a song that's going to connect with people. And not only did, you know, like big things not come from that album or that song, but God took me out of that big church and he moved me to a small town and he put me in a smaller congregation because he has a different plan and his expectation. He saw me say yes there. And it's funny that that yes that I said in Dallas at a big church wasn't the yes that God was waiting on to open up some big door of exposure and ministry. And you're on tour with passion. Like that was not what my yes was for. That yes was, okay, I can trust you here. Can I trust you there? And then God brought our family to a smaller situation. People in Dallas were like, you left a, a you know, you think of the, the little fish jumping. You're like a big fish in a little pond. But if you jump into, you're now, a, you know, in a bigger pond. People were posting about how we were fish who jumped from a big pond into a little one. And you don't often see that. You don't often see people leave like a big place. But I trust God too much to think that because I didn't get the, the turnout that I thought it would be because I saw failure, God saw process. And he said, I can trust you because you said yes to do what I told you to do. And you haven't gotten what you thought you were going to get, but you still say yes. And you're still faithful. And I'm going to bring you here. And then we released another album. And now, because I just know that God has trusted me with something, with a good work, and he's going to be faithful, I'll continue to release everything that he gives me. Whether it makes a huge impact or not, I know that it's for somebody. I know that somebody is hearing the music that God gave me and that he's speaking to them through that. It has so little to do with us. Isn't that interesting? That we, we hesitate, we fear failure because we're so concerned about us and it has nothing to do with us anyway. I have a, something interesting I wanted to point out. Philippians 1.6, God began a good work. He's going to be faithful. He's going to continue it till its completion. Completion, BT-dub, is not going to happen until Jesus gets here. So that's our scripture, right? And oftentimes we look at it through the lens of flesh and through the lens of self, and we see failure. And I wonder, Paul wrote this scripture to the church in Philipp, to the Philippians. The Philippians? To the Philippians, however you want to pronounce it. He wrote this church. He wrote this text to that church. Do you know where he wrote it from? Here's an interesting tidbit. Jail. Okay. Paul's in jail. That seems like a failure. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? Or does that not seem like Paul could have been like, man, I'm locked up. Where did I go wrong? This can't possibly be what you intended. But actually, I think 
that not only is failure part of just what it is when you step up to do anything, I actually think that failure is built into the plan. And let me tell you why I think that. Jesus on the cross. Didn't nobody understand what was happening, right? Jesus died. Failure. Do you know who thought that was a failure? Do you know who thought Jesus failed? Satan totally did. A lot of his followers totally thought it was over. All the people that were cheering on as he was crucified said, yeah, failed. Knew it, knew it would happen. Knew you wouldn't make it. We killed you. We stopped it. We blocked it. It's over. But it's interesting that from that natural standpoint, without that failure, we wouldn't have salvation. Without that failure, we wouldn't have the incredible mystery of the church. And 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 8, which I have right here on my phone. Uh, How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now there's some um, debate when it says princes of the world. Are they talking about like Pontius Pilate? Are they talking about, you know, like the men who crucified the kings, the princes? Um, and there's debate because of the, the context, because of how the word is used and in what, um, in, in what person it's used is past tense, present tense. And there's two camps. One says, well, no, this is earthly. This is natural. And one says, no, 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 no. And this is the side that I tend to lean toward because the princes of this world, I believe refers to the devil and all of his little hoodlums who thought that crucifying Jesus was going to stop the plan of God, that it was going to be the failure that needed to happen to end everything because they did not know. Because what God was doing was a hidden mystery, which God ordained before the world it was wise. And, and Satan had no idea that the failure that he was rooting for was exactly what God had planned. It had to happen. It had to fail. There had to be failure because on the natural, we see failure, but in the spiritual, God sees a seed that is being buried and dying. And from the death of that seed is an entire forest, is an entire plant. He sees things that we can't even begin to fathom because we see it in the natural. So I want to challenge you to quit looking at things in the natural. There had to be a failure, the failure of the cross. That sounds crazy, but that's not how we view it because we view it on this side. We're on this side of eternity. We're on this side of the cross, looking back at what the enemy thought was a failure, what his followers, maybe even his mom, as she stood there and wept and thought, this is what happened. Where did we go wrong? The women who went to his tomb, weeping, Jesus is dead. How did we lose him? How did we fail? And the angel's like, y'all, this was always the plan. He had to. He had to die. It had to happen so that something greater could come. Jesus said, I got to go away. I can't hang with you guys. If I stay, something greater can't happen. If you don't fail, something greater can't happen. The things that you failed at, you had to fail at. The mistakes that you made, you needed to make. Are you able to look back over your life and not look at it with guilt 
and, 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 and condemnation. And you're just putting all this on yourself because it didn't work there. You see a half painted wall and you think that it's over. God sees your mistakes and he sees your failures. And he said, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that had to happen. That was, I wrote that in there actually, because I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. I went ahead and, and, and wrote this in because that moment needed to happen. Because without that moment, you would have thought that you had it all on your own. You would have thought that you had it all together. But I allowed you to fail so that you could turn your eyes upon Jesus, so that you could see that I am your strength. I am all that you need to do all the things that I've created you to do. As a matter of fact, I'm writing an entire story. And we're so silly to think that God as our author would write a boring story. Wouldn't we just like that? Wouldn't we just like it if he wrote this cotton candy story, the kind that's popping up on Netflix all the time that has barely any plot. Does anything even go wrong? No, 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 no. God is writing an epic of your life and he's not going to write himself out of the plot. We would like that sometimes, I think. We would like for everything just to be easy peasy and Pleasantville and everything is sunshine and rainbows. But our God... He doesn't just write sunshine and rainbows, boo-boo. He also wrote the flood. He writes an epic. He's writing a story that you can't complete on your own. You can't come up with it on your own. You couldn't author this mug. He has plans for you. He has a story that he is penning and he's going to write it so that what looks like a failure to you is actually where God steps in and does something that you could never have fathomed. You couldn't have come up with it on your own because that's the God that we serve. We say no to the things that he has for us because we're scared to fail. And God says, honey, I'm writing the failures into your script. Quit trying to do something else. Quit trying, because you're not going to get through this, not on your own. You need me. And it's coming because God is writing this story of your life. And he's going to write in some conflict, some relationship drama that you're going to have to face. And you can face it in your own strength, but you don't want to. You want the strength of the Father. And I, I just... I want to go to these notes now because this is something that, that God was speaking to me on this idea of failure. I think probably because that, that weighs on me. Maybe it doesn't weigh on you, but feeling like a failure, listen, I battle that demon on a regular basis. I battle that saying, no, 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 no. I'm not a failure as a homeschool mom. You know, oh God, are they, are they reading at the right level? Are they able to do this math? I mean, he doesn't quite get it. I failed them. I failed them teaching them. You know, my husband, oh my gosh, the house. Listen, y'all, the house is a mess right now. I failed. I failed as a housewife. I'm not doing my duties. I'm not all together. I'm not keeping it together. And I heard Bishop Dale Bronner, who is one of my favorite communicators of the gospel. And he's a leadership teacher. And I heard him say something that just got me. Failure is written in pencil, not ink. And everything that happens in your life doesn't make the final cut. Don't be afraid to try something. Don't be afraid. If you fail, it's, it's written in pencil. It's okay. God is the author. It's, it's, he'll mark it off. It's okay. It's not going to make the final cut. Don't be afraid to try something, to say yes to what you feel like God is asking you to do because you're afraid that you're going to have to erase something. It's okay. You'll mess up. So big deal. Failure is written in. It's part of it. You've got to say yes. I love this that, that Bishop said. We always talk about sharpening, right? Sharpening. Uh, iron sharpens iron. We want to be sharpened. A pencil, and for a pencil, sharpening is the removal of wood. If I was a pencil, I probably wouldn't want to be sharpened doesn't look very fun. looks kind of painful. 
And he put it this way, it's the removal of wood, W-O-O-D, for the pencil. But for us, it's the removal of wood, W-O-U-L-D, the things you would do, your flesh. To be sharpened means for your flesh to be cut at, for you to be pruned, for you to be cut back so that something greater can come from it. A failure has to happen so that something greater, you have to not be enough. If you were enough to do all the things that you wanted to do, then you would be doing them in your own strength and you wouldn't need God. And that's just not what it is. You have to not be smart enough. You have to not be great enough. You can't be a good enough speaker because God has to get the glory. The painful sharpening, you have to endure it if your life is ever going to make a point. Bishop Bronner got me. The duller an axe, the more strength that you're going to have to use. Allow God to take the failures that you look back on that keep you from saying yes to the things that he is asking you to do. Allow God to take those failures and show you how they sharpened you, show you how you learned, well, I won't do that again. Well, I walked into that situation. I didn't even know what was happening, but now I know. Those weren't failures. There were moments where you were buried and planted so that you could grow, so that something, he was cutting you back so that you could become more, so that fruit could grow there because you didn't know it, but that thing was going to die. That branch was eventually going to get so heavy and so much that it was going to cause your whole tree to fall over. God knows what's happening. And so he cuts it back. And we say, man, I failed. Man, I didn't do it. And God said, no, I did that. That's me. Trust me with it. Trust me with your failures. And I want to leave you with this. This is, the, um, this is the realization that you have to have, that on the inside of you is the Holy Spirit. And where you don't have enough, where you are not enough, where you can't make it, where you can't do it, the one on the inside of you can and does and will. First John 2.20 in the Amplified Version. But you have an anointing from the Holy One You've been set apart, especially gifted, and prepared by the Holy Spirit. And all of you know the truth because he teaches us, illuminates our minds, and guards us from error. They thought killing Jesus was the end. They crucified his flesh, but in crucifying his flesh, exactly what Jesus said, I have to go. I have to go away so that something greater can happen in the sharpening, in the failures, in the breakdowns, in the process that's unfinished, that you've looked at through the wrong lens. I want to challenge you to change lenses. I said earlier, we view everything outside in. And I said we'd come back to that. And the Holy Spirit reminded me just now, we do. We see things outside in. We see things body and then spirit. But you are not a body having a spiritual experience. You are a spirit having a bodily experience. We've got to shift our viewpoint from outside in, unpainted wall, failed relationship, divorce, that went wrong, I prayed and it didn't happen. We have to stop looking from the outside in and start looking from the inside out because God is doing something greater than we can understand, greater than we can comprehend. And the Holy Spirit on the inside of you has taught you and you know the truth. You have access to everything that you need. He's given you a daily supply because he's on the inside of you. He teaches you, he illuminates your minds and he guards you from error. So with that thought in mind, I wanna encourage you. Begin to ask God 
I'm doing a lot. Okay. That talk, she talked and it stressed me out because I feel like I can't say yes to what you want me to do because I'm busy doing other things. Begin to ask God, these are good things, but are they God things? Have I taken on a lot of stuff when I should have said no? Have we said yes to a lot of things that God was trying to say, that's going to take up the time. I gave you an allotted amount of time and you're going to make it to the end that I have for you, but you're going to have to do it in my strength. And you're going to have to do what I've asked you to do because he created you to do something. And we're over here juggling things that they're cool. They're fun. But are they God things? Begin because God is challenging you to look from the inside out and to say, God, what are you trying to do through me? Why am I here? I want that end. I want that process because you're in charge of it.